Well, happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. Happy Grandfather's Day. Happy Great-Grandfather's Day. It's a great day to be alive, to be a father. Amen. What better place to be in the house of the Lord with fellow fathers in the Lord and grandfathers and great-grandfathers. I just want to say thank you so much for being here. Those that are watching, a happy Father's Day. But before we get started, um, we, may, we have some things we get ready to do, and that is we make decrees here before we sit down. So I need you to repeat after me, okay? Today, Today. we decree, we decree. Jesus, Jesus, the written word, the written word. is our salvation, our salvation. Healer, healer, restorer. restorer. We, decree. we decree the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. is our transformer. Today, we activate our faith in God's sophisticated life of abundance for all of the ALM family. We decree four corners of the earth have been purposed, planned, expected by God with 500 families of affluence to join this church. We speak to the north to give up families of power and influence. We speak to the South to give up families of royalty and prestige. We speak to the East to give up families of brilliance and inventiveness. We speak to the West to give up families of kingdom wealth. We speak to the, our ministering angels to go forth, prepare the way for ALM's ministry of engagement called evangelism. This decree, in Jesus' name, shall be established. And the light of God will shine upon it. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Get your Bibles out. Hallelujah. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp under my feet, a light under my path. I will hide its word in my heart that I might not sin against God. Amen and amen. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph before you sit down. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, you may be seated. Praise God. Also, today on Father's Day, today is Mr. Adrian Brown's birthday. Where is he? Where is he? He's right there. There he is. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Mr. Adrian Brown. Hallelujah. It's a great day to be alive. It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. I'm so glad everybody's here. Happy Father's Day. Like I said, Father's Day, Father's Day. And today we're going to be sharing about a father's discipleship. A father's discipleship. Now, you know, when we make this Pledge of Allegiance, as you hear me say quite a lot, I say it, God's word is the tree of life. We're making our, our pledge to the tree of life, which is Jesus, which is this word. We know according to John chapter 1, verse 14, this, the word became flesh. We know that as Jesus. And it represents the, our tree of life. And the pages in this word are its leaves. The truth of God's word is the fruit that we eat every day. And one of the things that we encourage people to do here is read your word every day. Why? Because your spirit man needs to eat. You need to eat. You need to feed your spirit man. We have no problem feeding our physical man. 
Trust me, all of us have eaten pretty good over the last couple of months. We have no problem feeding our physical man, but we got to feed our spiritual man. And the word of God, the truth of God's word is the fruit that we eat. And God's word is the seed that blesses fathers. This word that I hold in my hand is seed that blesses fathers. If you're a father, say amen. amen. If you're a grandfather, say I'm a amen. amen. If you're a great-grandfather, say amen. amen. There's a few of you in here. What is a father? A father is a man who exercises parental care over other persons, parental protector or provider. According to the word, he's the head of the house. According to the scriptures, he's the head of the house. He accomplishes it through, he accomplishes all that he needs to do as a father through discipleship. As a father, we are always discipling. We never stop discipling. As a grandfather, you never stop discipling. As a great-grandfather, you never stop discipling. Discipleship is a person who is, is a, a, a person who is a pupil of adherent, adherent to the doctrines of another. In other words, someone who disciples, in other words, you're pouring into someone. In other words, you're pouring into your, your family. You're not only pouring into your wife, but you're pouring into your children every day. In season and out of season, you're always discipling. Fathers are disciples. The role of a father is to diligently instruct his children in the ways and the word of the Lord for their own spiritual development and well-being. He's there to instruct his children. He's there, according to Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. In other words, he has a choice to train them up in righteousness or iniquity. The decision is upon the father. Now, according to the word of God, if you train up a way of train up a child in the way he should go. In other words, when it comes to fatherhood, when it comes to fatherhood, when it comes to their boys, you should teach your boys how to be men. Not pansies. Too many pansies out there. You teach them how to be chivalrous. You teach them how to open up a door. Even if the woman don't want it, open the door. How you treat your wives is how your son is going to treat his future wife. You train up a child. You train up a man. You train up a man in the word of God. You, you, you train him up, fathers. In other words, let them see you read your word. Why? Because you're teaching them, hey, everything starts with God. You start with God and you leave with God. You go to bed with God. You train up in a way in the way he should go. In other words, you teach him how to treat people with respect. Even if they don't get respect back, you teach them how to respect and honor. That's the job of a father. That's the job of a grandfather. It's the job of a great-grandfather. You know how to discipline in the right way. 
But we'll get that in a second. I'm talking about training right now. We're living in a time where young people are fatherless. And what it should not be. To train indicates the first instructions that a father gives to a child. His early education, if you will. Father, spend time with your children. I understand you work. You work all day. But spend time with your children. Fathers, spend time with your daughters. Why have nothing in common with them? Yes, you do. They're a part of you. You made them. Teach them how to have self-esteem. Fathers are the ones that teach their their daughters how to have self-esteem. Why? Because there's always going to be someone out there that's going to put them down. But as a father, if you pour into your your daughter and you encourage her every day that you are a woman of virtue, that you are a woman of integrity and righteousness, you are the head and not the tail, above and not the knee. You're blessed in the Lord, in season and out of season. You're beautifully and wonderfully made. You encourage her every day that she can accomplish anything. You encourage your son every day that they can be the greatest man on earth. And you show them how to love. How do you show them how to love? How to love God. Let them see you love God. Let them see you cry out to God with your hands raised. Let them see you cry. What I mean by cry, in other words, don't be afraid of what they see. Why? Because they're seeing that you are real. Teach them how to tithe. Show them the understanding uh, and the importance of what money is all about. See, this is what a father's supposed to do. He, he's the first instructor. He lays down the rules. Why? Because according to God, he's the head of the house. Training is designed to make clear to children the manner of life that they're intended for. You train them. Now, training is also a joint effort between a father and a mother. Moms need to understand the father is the head of the house. According to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is, a, and he is the savior. In other words, uh, that savior means preserver, to keep from harm of the body. Wives, this is not you. Moms, these are not you. You will never be the head of the house. I don't care how you how hard you try. You are not the head of the house, wives. Your husband is. Well, Pastor Dad, I got a deadbeat husband. Well, drop to your knees and call on Jesus. Instead of complaining. Because God does not have a complaining department. You should have thought about that when you said, I love you. Because he was the same person the day you married him, he is now. 
You're not the wives. You need to understand something. I don't care how hard you try. You're not the head of the house. God does not see you as the head of the house. God looks to the man. But I know there's single parents in here. I'll get there in a bit. You're not alone. You're not forsaken. Bless you. God's in control. But we need to understand something. There's, there is a, it, when it comes to a father's discipleship, he has a big role to play in life. Fathers, you have to live up to what a father is. A man who exercises parental care. Someone who is willing to disciple every day. Someone who's willing to pour into his, not only to his wife, but also to his children. Pour into her and tell, I mean, if your son and daughter can see, when see you say to your wife, I love you. What are you doing? You're teaching, you're teaching your son how to love Show them the respect. And you're teaching your daughter is like, hey, I know I'm not going to marry anybody who ain't going to tell me they love me. You're showing them the pattern how what life is all about, how, it's pro- how, how we are properly made in the image of God and how God requires a man to do. If Men, when it comes to your children, when it comes to you, you teach your son how to love and respect your mother. Why? Because when he gets, when he gets out of age and he married, he's going to love and respect his wife. And you're teaching your daughters how, how, how a man should treat a woman. And, and, and no matter what discussion it, it may be, it may be, you may be arguing and all that, but there's no disrespect. Why? Because you don't want your daughter to marry the wrong person. You want them to see that, hey, uh, I am a, I'm, I'm, I'm a godly man, and I treat my wife with respect. She is my helpmate. You have to exercise parental care every day. Being a man does not give you a God-given right to be the head of the house. Just being a man. No, no, no. Listen to me. Because you, may, because you have children, no, 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 no. There's a, it doesn't make you a man. Does it make you a, a, a man? In other words, any, I, I mean, what I mean is that it was like, oh, oh, I made children. I'm glad you made children, but there's a responsibility. Don't be a deadbeat man. Don't be a deadbeat father. And uh, male animals can make babies. But there's a difference between being a man and there's a father. God requires you to be a father, not just a man. I'm a man! No, you're a father. When you produce children, you become a father. And you have a responsibility to be the head of your house. Being a disciple is what gives us the right in God's eyes to be the head of the house. Being a disciple, a disciple, a father, a father of discipleship is what gives you the right to be the head of the house. Fathers, how do you discipline your children? How do you discipline your children? How do you discipline them? Do you use the word of God or do you, use the, you just use words? When it comes to disciplining, how do you treat your children? How do you treat your children? How do you, how do you discipline them? Do you use the word of God? Do you think about what you're about to say before you say it? 
Because once you say something, you can never, I don't care how many times you say sorry, words are forever. How do you discipline them? How do you discipline them? Because there's a right way and there's a wrong way. And you want your son to understand what you're saying. And the, the, the greatest way to discipline him is always with love. Now, your, your discipline has to be stern. Why? Because you don't want your child to think, well, he's just a pushover. Fathers, you can't be pushovers. You can't be pushovers for your son, and you can't be a pushover for your daughter. Even though your daughter may look at you and smile and give you those little puppy eyes, listen to me, it don't work. Sin is still sin. Rebellion is still rebellion. Iniquity is still iniquity. It doesn't, male, it doesn't matter if it's male or female. It's wrong. Wickedness is still wickedness. But how do we discipline them as a father? Now, I know that's a dual role. But I remember growing up as a child, my mom would talk to me and she said, and after she finished, she says, your daddy will be talking to you too. And I would always say, but why? Because I know there was her way and then there was his way. But they were always one. They didn't play off each other. They were always one. In other words, what one said, the other one said. Why? Why? Because they had a communication with each other. There was a communication between each other because I saw that every day of my life. And because I saw the day, I knew they were one. They were not like, well, mom said this and you're saying this. No, no, that was never like that. No, it was, they both said the same thing. How do we discipline? We use the word of God. We do it in love. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, it says, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admiration of the Lord. In other words, you've got to be very careful in how you speak to your children. Everything, everything we do should always be in an encouragement way. We encourage our children. Even though we're disciplining them, even though they may have done something wrong, but let it be a learning lesson for them so they don't keep making the same decisions over and over and over that causes them to be in trouble. You got to encourage them. You got to show them through the word of God. And that comes through discipleship. That comes through the word of God. That comes from the fathers pouring into them that, hey, there's only one way to live, son and daughter, and that's God's way. And then after you say it, you got to lead by example. What did Jesus say when he was walking on the sea of God? Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men when he said to the disciples. He said, follow me and I'll make you. In other words, son, daughter, you got to do it God's way. Now follow me and I'll show you and I'll make you in what God wants you to be. But this is every day, fathers, grandfathers. Great-grandfathers, it doesn't matter when it comes to, to where you are, but they don't live in my house. It doesn't matter. You're there to encourage them. So they can be what God has called them to be. We don't need to raise up more wild children. Children without a vision. 
Why do, what are we seeing today? We're seeing people, young people running wild. Why? Because they do not have a vision. A godly vision, if you will. And because they don't have a godly vision, they're only doing what their father has created them to do, to steal, kill, and destroy. But that is because there's a dysfunction in the household. When you open the door to sin, sin is going to set up camp. And he's going to defile everything that God has created for you. And that's why you got to have discernment. you got to know what is right and what is wrong. And the only way you're going to know what is right and what is wrong is that you got to be a father of this word. you got to be a father of this word before you can be a father to your children. Before you can be a husband to your wife, you got to be a husband of this word. You can, before you can be a father, you got to be a father of this word. How can you train up a child? How can you praise your wife, if you will, if you don't know how to do it through the word of God? How are you going to raise up your children? How are you going to have a house that's holy, righteous, and sanctified when you don't even practice the word of God? You, gave, you don't give nothing God to work with. And because you don't give nothing God to work with, you're, you're going to get in trouble. Fathers, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? What do you see when you look in the mirror? You see a carbon, a carbon copy of your father. You see your father. Our children are a carbon copy of us. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Well, I don't really have a relationship with my father. Then listen to me. If you don't have a relationship with your earthly father, guess what? Get saved. Because if you get saved, you will no longer see that earthly, that earthly father, but you will begin to see your heavenly father. I know there's people, there's men in here that don't have a relationship with their fathers. Or whatever relationship that is, it's rocky. It's bad. He wasn't there. But you're not alone. You're not alone. But how do we stop making the same decisions that our fathers have made. We have to change our ways. How do we change our ways? We have to, as a father, have to surrender ourselves to Jesus. So we don't make the same decisions that our fathers, grandfathers, great-grandfathers. Why? Because a lot of times, you, it's a generational curse. Divorce destroys It's a spirit. And if you're not careful, it will come upon your children. Your children's children. But we have to understand, hey, it ends with me. How does it end with me? Because I've surrendered to Jesus. I have cut this generational curse off in my bloodline. My children will not go through what I went through. So how do I do that? I don't make the same mistakes I made before. I change my ways. How do I change my ways? I surrender to the word. I let the word clean me out from head to toe. I let the word change my language. I let the one word, I let the word of God change my attitude. I let the, how I live. I, I ain't going to do that anymore. Why? Because now I have children and I don't want my children to be like me. 
I don't want them to be like my father or their grandfather or their great-grandfather. No, I want them to be like Jesus. I want them to be like their heavenly father who's always there and who always provides. That's the God we serve. Every good thing, every good gift, as it says in Timothy, comes from above. Who does it come from? God, our heavenly father, our daddy God. That's who I I want my children to see when they look in the mirror. They see a loving father loving them. Children are sponges. They walk like us. They talk like us. And their mannerisms are like us. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. They're everywhere. But Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is what we trained them. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. We're going to jump around here. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5 says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God. This is what we train them. This is how we train our children. Fathers, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mouth. Verse 2. Thou, that thou mayest fear the Lord thy God to keep all its statutes and its commandments, which I command thee, thou, and thy son and thy son's sons, and all the days of thy life, and, and that they, and that, and that thy and that thy days may be prolonged. Verse 6, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and, th- and, shalt, talk, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walk, walk, walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. In other words, you're pouring into them. This is how you train them. You sit around and you talk about God. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what you're doing. You could be doing homework with them. You could be doing that. God should come up in some, in some part of your, in, in, in your conversation. I can remember growing up as a child, my parents, they would talk about God all the time. And we would have conversations about God. Why? Because they were following the scripture in Deuteronomy, training up a child. In other words, making God a part of all conversation. I don't care where we're at. We, I mean, even till today, we talk, oh, that's because you're pastors. Has nothing to do with that. I wasn't a pastor forever. Even though I was brought up in the church, I did other things. He did other things. But we still talked about God. Why? Because it's important because God is the focal point of everything. And when you train up your children in a way to think like that and talk like that, God is always going to be on their mind. And you want God to be on your children's mind because he is their provider. If you train up of them up in the right way, they will never be without. Why? Because they will continue to walk in faith in God. Oh, I don't have him. I do. His, where are you going to get it? My God. Why? Because you train them up to have faith in God. And if you have faith in God, God is going to reward you. You're never empty-handed when you have faith in God. Never. You always have more than enough. 
But it starts where? It starts with the fathers training up our children the right way. Now, mothers, you piggyback off what the father is laying down. The father is the one that lays the foundation. You piggyback on that, and you you do not add or subtract. You piggyback on it, and you you ah, this is this is how we live in. In other words, when that man got up and that woman got up, this boy got up and said, where are we going? Church. You're going to church. When I get up, this woman gets up, guess where she goes? Church. But she has school, yes, in church. We made it that way. She's homeschooled. Guess what? Where? Church. Because I want her to have an environment of this place. I want her to come into an environment that's holy, righteous, and sanctified. I cannot say that about public schools. I'm sorry. I want to know what she's being taught. I don't want her to learn something that's not, that they've changed the history of. What they're doing right now, they're changing history. How ignorant we have become. Our young people are not trained in the right way when it comes to history. We don't have a clue what our history is. We don't even have a clue what we're tearing down. We don't even know who fought for who and who didn't fought for who. We don't know what. And, and we're, we're, we're tearing down things we have no clue. Why? Because we don't know history. And they refuse to teach you the proper history. Listen to me. Don't Google nothing. Google lies. I'm telling you that right now. Google is tainted. Google is already tainted. How, how do I know that? Because there is websites out there. You can, there's, there's, you can go and, and look up things, and I have seen it on Google, something totally different than I've gone to another one. I'm like, hello. Keep an encyclopedia. Not a new edition, the old editions. Because they're changing history. But where does history start? It starts in the home. How does it start? It starts with the fathers. The father is the one that lays the foundation. This is how this household is going to live. We're going to live holy. We're going to live righteous. We're going to live sanctified. We're going to talk holy, righteous, and sanctified. We're going to dress holy, righteous, and sanctified. We're only going to do what is holy, righteous, and sanctified. Why, Dad? Why do we got to live like that? Because Jesus is coming back, and you need to be holy. You need to be righteous. You need to be saying that. Why? Because I created you to live. I brought you in this world, and I want you to spend eternity with me. Think about it. God forbid your father brought you in, your daddy goes to heaven, and you don't. That's not in God's purpose plan today. God created family to be together. Yes, you're stuck with me. But what I'm saying is, is that we, we have to understand this. Now, I know so Mother's Day, I said it takes faith to be a mom. It takes faith to be a father. But to understand something, faith comes requirements. You have to be willing to disciple, as a father, you have to be willing to disciple your family. You have to be willing to pour into them every day. What do I mean by pouring it into them? 
good stuff. Pour in righteous stuff, encouraging stuff. Because negative training will, will produce adverse reactions that, de that deadens children's affections, reduces their desire for holiness, and make them feel that they cannot please their parents. A wise father and mother seeks to make obedience desirable and attainable by loving and gentleness. Let me ask you this. How did God come to you? Did he come to you with condemnation or with love? How did God come to you? We know according to John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Our job as a father, as a grandfather, as a great-grandfather is to imitate Christ according to Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. We are supposed to be like Christ. We are supposed to walk in love. Now love... Is an emotion. But love is never wimpy. Love is stern. Love is truth. Always has an attitude of giving. Love has a purpose, has a plan, has an expectation. And it's up to us to use it right. It's up to us to use it right as fathers. The way our father used it, our heavenly father used it. He didn't use it to condemn, but he did there. He did that. He, he used it to save. Now, I know on the other side as a child in the receiving end of whatever that love is, it doesn't feel like that salvation. But in the long run, it is salvation. As a young child, they can't comprehend it in their mind. And that's why you have to sit there and talk to them, explain to them before you bring discipline. You, get to, you got to wake them up. And then you have to give them an understanding of what discipline is. But you never do it in an angry way. You never do it in a provoking way. You do it in a loving way. There's a, you got to think about it. God chastised. He chastised his own son. Put him on a cross. Turned him over to the devil. <gasps> yes, God. Go back and read it. Why have you forsaken me, Father? Father, why have you forsaken me? Why have you turned me over to the devil? Go back and read it. God turned him over to the devil. Why? Because Jesus became sin. So all of us can be saved. See, a child does not understand at that very moment, but if you train up a child in the way it should go and you understand and you show them and teach them, okay, this is what is right and this is what you've done and this is what we're not going to do anymore. Why? Because there's repercussions. If, you keep, if I let you go down that road, you're going to find yourself messed up. And I can't afford to allow you to be messed up. Why? Because you're my seed. You're my bloodline. You're me. 
whether I like it or not, you're me. You represent me. You walk like me, you talk like me, and your mannerisms are me. Why? Because I made you. And you're perfectly, wonderfully made, and I'm not going to let no devil in hell gonna change that. That's how we got to do this. And if we do this right, our children will be blessed of the Lord. And if the children are blessed of the Lord, so is the household. All you're going to hear is good reports. All you're going to hear is good reports from everybody. And everybody excels. Positive training expresses a comprehensive direction. It educates them by developing their life conducted by instructions and admiration of the Lord. Fathers, what kind of father do you think you are right now? What kind of father, what kind of grandfather are you right now? What do you think of yourself? Great grandfather, what do you think? Do you think you did a good job? Do you see yourself as a disciple? Because God looks to us to be his instrument of his hand. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 7 is people who accept discipline are on the pathway to life in a New Living Translation, but those who ignore correction will go astray. In other words, how do you, as a father right now, how do you accept discipline? As your pastor, how do you take discipline as I speak to you right now? Do you respect me as your pastor and say, you know what? I need to take a hard look at my life. Am I the right father that God created me to be? Am I doing all that I'm supposed to do according to the word of God? Or are you ignoring me? I just wish he'd be quiet because I'm hungry. I'm only here because somebody invited me. Are you, are you able to take discipline? Because if you're willing to take discipline, so will your children. But if you're a person that's defiant, so will your children be. They will start by being defiant to you, and then they'll be defiant to others. And what happens to those that are defiant? They're turned over to the enemy. And they find themselves in torment. Because that is exactly where they're going to go. See, we cannot be a, a, a people of defiance. We have to be a people of obedience to the Father because every time the children of Israel disobeyed, they paid dearly. They paid dearly. They paid dearly with their lives. They paid dearly with their the promised land. They lost everything that God promised. They lost it all. Why? Because they defiled their heavenly Father who they had a covenant with. And if they defile the Father, they will defile themselves. They'll defile anybody. And we as a believer, as believers, we cannot allow that. Fathers, listen to me. If you see your child defiant right there, don't wait till tomorrow. You handle it right then and there. You say, hey, who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? Why are you talking to her like that? Who gave you the right to talk to her like that? Come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Mommy, no, you, you come to me. And what does moms usually do? No, 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 I got it, I got it. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. No, 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 no. He's the head of the house. What are you doing? There is a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a chain of command. 
A mom never said, no, 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 I got it. No, 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 no. What are you doing? You just cut the, you just take away the man's authority and you brought it on yourself. Can't do that. No, no, no. When you see an act of defiance and the, and the father's there, excuse me, um, come here now. Come here now. Come here now. I'm talking to you. Doesn't work the other way. Now, I understand if the mother is home by themselves with the kids, then it's like, wait till your daddy get home. I'm going to talk to you right now, but wait till daddy, because daddy going to talk to you too. We cannot afford this. Why? Because we're, what we're seeing today is an act of defiance. And, and the sad thing is it should not be in the church. It should not be in the church. But we as fathers, we got to learn how to, we have to follow the scriptures and we have to be willing to instruct our households. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16 and 17, it says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. We instruct by the word of God. We lay the foundation by instructions of the word of God. And it's proper for doctrine, for reproof, for reproof, reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Number two, we, we do it by prayer. We're a praying household. Your children need to see you pray, fathers. Don't they, okay, wife, you pray, you pray. No, no, they need to hear you pray. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, it says, Night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might, perf might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. In other words, day and night we pray. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. In other words, let them see you pray. I used to be fascinated watching my dad pray when he would be up in the middle of the night. Watching him pray. Watching him study. I used to look underneath the, the staircase and just watch him. In the wee hours in the morning. Because he woke me up. The smell of coffee. And I was a coffee drinker in a little. But I didn't want to tell him because I knew I had to go to school the next day. But I would sit there and I would watch him. And study. And pray. In English... And in Holy Ghost. And speaking of other tongues. And I still watch him. Why? Because I am what I am today because of that. Fathers, you don't understand what you mean to your children if you're just willing to let them see you. Let them see all of you. Don't just let them see one side of you. Let them see all of you. Let them see you read the word, study the word, pray the word. Why? Because it's going to give you instructions in how to be that godly father, how to be that godly husband, that godly father, so you can train them up in the right way. You can lead them out in the right direction. So when they come back, they're not going to be a disappointment to you. You're going to show them how to pray. How do you pray? Disciples ask to Jesus, how do we pray? How does it go? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What are you doing? It starts off with what? Our Father. You're teaching them to recognize their father. Father figure is important. Something we're lacking. But we, as Abundant Living Ministries, have to change that. We have to change that here. 
Fathers, you're looked to be the one that shows what true holiness is. In other words, if you don't see holiness in your house, you got to change some things. Say, it stops now. I don't care how high, how loud they scream and yell and I'll fight. No, it doesn't matter. Because when you stand before God, God is going to look to you. What have you done with what I've given you? You're going to be judged. Not your wife. Not your, No, she's going to be judged on her own. But you're going to be judged based on your household. Same goes with this. As a pastor, this is my household. I have to live holy. I have to be righteous. I have to be sanctified. Why? Because if I, when I stand before God, this is what I give you. You were the pastor. You were that fatherhood. You were that man in front of the people pouring into them every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Saturday, every time you took the pulpit. You were the one I gave to. This is what I expect of you. You were the one I called out. Hey, if you see sin, you discipline it. You call it out. You don't shy away from it. And before I end, I want to talk, I want to address the fatherless. I want to address those that are single parent. I want to address those that are fathers that, that, that they don't, there's not a woman in their life and they're, they're the single, they're the mom and they're, they're doing everything. I want to address the mothers that, that are, that are, that are, they're playing both roles. The fatherless, in other words, someone who doesn't have a father. Or their father is not good, or their father did not train them up right. When Jesus was about to leave his disciples, he told them this in John chapter 14. Verse 16, and I will pray the father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Verse 18, and I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. In other words, you're not alone. You're not alone. You single fathers out there that are raising your children, you're not alone. I understand the importance of motherhood. A mother is, a, is the one that nurtures. It's not in a man's DNA to nurture. And a man's juggling all this, and he's got to be, he's, he's got, especially if you got daughters, Men don't understand what a daughter, what a woman goes through as she grows up. It's not easy. But you're not alone. Jesus says, I I will not leave you comfortless. It's like he told his disciples. The Father, bless you, the Father will send you a comfort. In other words, will send you there to someone that will lead you and guide you and give you the ability and how to father. Mothers, that are, that are single here, that are playing both roles, you're not alone. God, has, Jesus promised us that the Father will send you the Holy Spirit and show you how to manage the household. Those that are fatherless, those that have lost their fathers, those that don't have a father, you're not alone because I know there's people in here that have lost their fathers for whatever reason, death or just... I mean, they're not here. They never were in your life. You're not alone. The Father, promised to us by Jesus, has sent you the Holy Spirit. And he is the resources. 
He has all the resources of heaven. And what heaven has is for you has everything for you and how to govern your household, how to train up your children right. Now, here's the thing. If you are someone who is fatherless and have children and someone who is single and, and has a children, you're not alone. Why? Because this is where the church comes in. Because there is people here that you can talk to that can help you. Now, I don't think you, as a mother, or if you have a daughter, you're not going to come to me, but you'll come to my wife. Because she's a woman. I'm not. Don't even want to look like one. Same goes with a man. If you have sons, you need to come to a man. Why? Because women do not understand men when they change. Same goes with girls when they change. They need that help. That's why there's the church. Don't trust the world. The world will lie to you. The world will, will make you get this, make you get that, make you take this, make you take that, make you think this. Make... No, 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 no. The world is not your helpmate. The church is. God has created the church, Acts chapter 2, where they came together and communed together. They prayed together. They talked amongst themselves. They shared amongst themselves. What are they doing? They were acting like a church. That is what it's all about. They were parenting each other why because there were those without fathers those without mothers those that had that were fatherless they needed help so we're there they came to the body of christ they came to the church and this is where we come in now you men out there that are that are that are that are not married you were created to be mentors you see a young man out there that needs guidance guess what Ask the Holy Spirit to give you discernment and how to speak into that young man's life. Same goes with mothers out there. You ladies that don't have children. You see somebody, hey, ask the Holy Spirit so you can pour into them. Because we're all here to help each other. We're all about building the kingdom, not tearing it down. And it's all about instructions, all about discipling, all about discipling not only our children, but each other and building each other up. And, and listen to me, I know it may seem difficult, but I'm going to tell you this right now. You're not alone. What Jesus promised those disciples that he was going to send forth the comforter, the comforter came and did exactly what the father required him to do, the Holy Spirit. And he did exactly what he was supposed to do. And because of that, the church grew. Didn't decline, it grew every day. Why? Because when you have the resources of heaven, you can accomplish everything. And that is being a good father. You're not alone, men. You're not alone. Spend time with the Holy Spirit. Spend time with him. Ask him. And if you ask him, you shall receive. Seek the Holy Spirit and you'll find him. Knock at his door. He'll open the door to you. Why? Because he is there to give you the resources of heaven. All that you need to be a godly father.
a godly grandfather and a godly great-grandfather. It's that simple. If we just be willing and obedient to follow what God has given us. I'm telling you, uh, God's in the house. And he's ready to bless you, men. He's ready to bless fathers. And if you're a father, you're a grandfather, you're a great-grandfather, I want you to stand up and I want you to come to the front right now. Because I'm going to lay hands on you. If you feel that you need to wear a mask, you're, you're very capable of wearing a mask. We're not going to condemn you whatsoever. I want you to be blessed to the Lord. God's not done with you. You grandfathers and great-grandfathers, God's not done with you. God's not done with you. He's not done with you. You're not done pouring into people's lives till Jesus comes back. You're a father? No, no, no. You play up here. You're not a father. I said, <laughs> I'm like, Mike, are you telling me something I don't know? <laughs> are you speaking in faith? <laughs> if you're a father, a grandfather, a great-grandfather, he's been, Margaret, get ready, baby. <laughs> Why we laugh in the name of Jesus? Why we laugh? If Sarah can be how old? Abraham can be how old? Oh, God, just scared. I'll go right now in the name of Jesus. All these ladies out there just laugh. Sarah laughed. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> All you fathers up here, raise your hands to God. Say that. Say this after me. Today, I recognize I am a godly father, ready to be used by my creator. I'm not alone because I have a savior. He loves me. He died on the cross for me. He's coming back for me. I have the Holy Spirit. I have all the resources of heaven. To be a godly father to my children. From this day forward, I activate fatherhood in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I anoint you now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus, name of Jesus, name of Jesus. It starts now. It starts now in Jesus' name. Right now in Jesus' name. Right now. He ain't done. He ain't done. He's not done. He's not done. You're never too old. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Right now. Starts now. Starts now. Starts right now. 
Starts right now, right now. It ain't over yet. Name of Jesus. Right now. It starts now. It starts right now. In the name of Jesus. It starts right now. Jerry, it starts right now. No limitations. No limitations. Right now, you have you have heaven's resources. Name of Jesus, right now. It's yours. It's yours right now. In the name of Jesus. Right now, 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 in the name of Jesus. There it is, Fred. There it is right now. It's not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. There it is. Right now, in the name of Jesus. It's not too late. It's not too late. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Right now, Reuben. I don't care where your sons live. Your grandkids live. I know they live up north. That's okay. Name of Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Right now. There's more, there's more, there's more, there's war right there. There it is right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, there it is right now in the name of Jesus. Insight. Insight right now in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus. Right now. In the name of Jesus. Right now. Name of Jesus. Right now. Right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Right now. Right now in the name of Jesus. Right now. Right now. You're going to be a grandpa. Well, you are a grandpa. Forgot about that. Yeah, you are. But that's just that's just one. You got more coming. Name of Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Right now, speaking to your boys. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus. There's words in there that need to come out. It's going to bring forth a change. In Jesus' name. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Thank you right now. Now, I got a big thing I got to do. I got to pour into you so you can pour into them. Name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Right now. In the name of Jesus. Right now. Name of Jesus. Right now. Hallelujah. Right now. Right now. In the name of Jesus. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. In the name of Jesus. Pour into them. Right now. Pour into them. You have it in you right now. Right now. There it is. Right now. In the name of Jesus. Right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Right now. Right now. In the name of Jesus. Right now. In the name of Jesus. Right now. Pour into them. Right now. In the name of Jesus. Right now. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. Name of Jesus, right now. Name of Jesus, right now. Name of Jesus. I was getting ready to do something to you, but I'm like, name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Let me get in here. Now, I've anointed you. Now, it's up to you. To spend time with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is your resource. He's your resource. He takes care of all the resources of heaven that has been given to you, directed by God, to father, to, to disciple your sons and daughters, your grandchildren. You're there to encourage. You grandfathers are there to encourage your sons. You great-grandfathers are there to encourage your grandsons. You're there to encourage them. You're here to build them up. You're there to point them in the right direction. You're there to discipline them godly, in a godly way. You are there to set the example. 
regardless of however you were raised, today's a new beginning. That old way is over with. Today's a new day. Even if you came up from a bad situation, that is different with you because today is a new day. Your life has started with Christ and because it started with Christ, salvation, healing, restoration, and transformation has already taken place. Now it's up to you to pour into them exactly what God has done for you. Don't be afraid about what you see and what you hear. Don't be afraid. You got a promise from God. You just keep discipling them. You keep pouring into them. You never give up on them. Amen? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You may go back. I know that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, wait. Men, stay here. My bad. I have something for all the fathers. My wife and I, the church. Come here. Pastor Diane. We want to give you something. Yeah, you go that way. We got something here. Where is it? It's a flashlight. And it says, Thy word is a lamp unto thy feet, a light unto thy path. A father is neither an anchor. A father is neither an anchor to hold us back, nor is it sails to take us there, but a guiding light whose love shows us the way. Giving you a little flashlight. See? And this flashlight will remind you. Here. Hallelujah. Because we love y'all. We love y'all. Hallelujah. Everybody got one? All right, now you can go back to your seats. Come on, let's give it up for our fathers. Now, before we take communion, before we take communion, you may be in and say, Pastor Thad, I'm not a father yet, but I want to be one. I want to find the right woman so I can settle down and start a family. I'm being serious. If that's you, come forward. Mike, this is your chance. <laughs> okay. In the name of Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus, as you delight yourself in the Lord, God will give you the desires of your heart. In Jesus' name. For there's someone out there that is created by God. Divinely meant for you. And I thank you, Father, right now in the name of Jesus. Right now, from the north, the south, and the east, and west, angels go forth. In Jesus' name. Because he is a faithful man of God. And because he has made a step in of faith, I thank you, God. The reward is going to be great in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How do I know that works? Because I remember when my wife and I, we got married, we, we, wanted, we wanted more kids. And, and there was a, we just 
there was a situation that just didn't work. And the altar call was given and say, hey, you want kids? You want more kids? We wanted more kids. And we came forward. People looked at me and was like, what? Yeah. I got a, we got a 13-year-old right now because of faith. Faith activates God. If you got faith, nothing can stop it. Amen? Let's all stand to our feet. We're going to take a communion.
that we hold in our hands represents a promise from a good father. Every day we challenge us, challenge ALM to take communion because it represents a good father to us. The bread represents the body of Christ given to us by the father, a savior that was willing for his body to be broken so all of us in this room could be made whole. Sickness and disease and affliction and plague cannot touch us. Why? Because of Jesus. Because of his body being broken. And we take this bread by faith, decreeing that our bodies, our physical bodies, have been made whole. In Jesus' name, let's take the bread. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that our physical bodies have been made whole that we have been delivered from all sickness and disease. That our physical bodies are no longer bound by the elements of this world. But we have been delivered and we have been made whole by Jesus Christ. The cup represents the blood of Christ. This blood was shed on Calvary. This blood is the only thing that can wash away all sin. And Jesus was willing to not only have his body broken, but he realized the blood had to be slain, had to be shed, so all can be redeemed from the curse of sin. And we take this cup, the cream. We are free. We are free at last from all condemnation, all guilt, all Sin has affected our lives. All generational curses have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's take the cup. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for these two elements that we've taken. And from this day forward, I thank you right now, Lord, that we will be a walking, talking testimony that Jesus is alive in us that we will not be ashamed of the gospel. But God, we know we can come boldly unto you because of Jesus Christ for what he has done for us. We can now come boldly unto you and call on you and dine with you, Father. And I thank you, God, that you bless your church today as they leave, as they go out and engage people with the truth that God loves them, that God is good to them, and God wants them to have the very best of him, which is Jesus Christ. I release them now unto you, Father. Protect them. Give them favor in all that they do this week. And I thank you, Lord, for the good report that is going to come forth in this church. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Fathers, be blessed in the Lord and highly favored. 
and all you do. We'll see you again Wednesday, 7.30, Thursday, 12 o'clock, Friday, 12 o'clock, Saturday, 6 p.m., and right back here at 10 o'clock on Sunday. God bless you.